QC Pod is a production of the Queen's Podcast Lab. This is QC Pod. I'm Nevi Akhbub. QC Pod features the people, projects, movements, and ideas that make up the Queen's College community. To learn more, visit us at queenspodcastlab.org slash qcpod. Today, we'll be discussing the concerning rise in anti-Semitism and the implications this trend has had on the CUNY system. I never thought I would be making an episode about anti-Semitism. I'm a Jewish person, so I've always been aware that anti-Semitism happens in the world, but I try not to dwell on it too much. It was a constant reality that I lived with, but it never felt too personal. So when I began hearing about multiple anti-Semitic incidents in my proverbial backyard, I couldn't ignore them. It was like a squealing puppy had jumped into my lap and was squirming and demanding my attention. So I started looking into it. And what I found concerns me. It started with an article published in the Night News. On February 23, 2022, Tamar Hoke wrote an article titled, Brooklyn College Faces Lawsuit Over Anti-Semitism on Campus, detailing a lawsuit that Jewish college students were bringing against Brooklyn College. I'll let Tamar tell you about it. Back in 2021, in the mental health counseling program at Brooklyn College, there was a bunch of incidents of anti-Semitic harassment by both professors and students towards Jewish students. A lot of it had to do with how Jews identified themselves. In particular, there was a situation in a classroom where a professor asked the students to rank their identities and a Jewish student put Jewish above white and they were reprimanded for that and told that they couldn't understand oppression and that they were white above Jewish. There was also an instance in a WhatsApp group where it was a class WhatsApp group and a Jewish student was threatened with being strangled and another Jewish student defended them and one of the non-Jewish students called them a racist for defending the Jewish student. In response, the students approached the Louis D. Brandeis Center for Human Rights Under Law, a nonprofit advancing the civil and human rights of Jewish people, which filed a complaint with the U.S. Department of Education. The complaint alleged that Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was expanded to include anti-Semitism in 2019, was violated. The Department of Education opened up an investigation in February of this year, and it is still ongoing. To be honest, after I read about the Brooklyn College lawsuit, I wasn't too alarmed. I had heard about similar stories in the past, and I mentally added it to the slew of anti-Jewish incidents I'd been hearing about my entire life. That was before I spoke to a friend of mine, who we'll call Sarah. I was chatting with Sarah not too long after I read Tamar's article, and she told me about an incident that happened in her graduate program at Rutgers that sounded eerily similar to me. I'm in a doctoral program, and we're not about racial identity, but it does focus a lot on racial identity and gender identity, and we have a lot of in-depth discussions about identity in general. So it wasn't unusual when, one day, her class was discussing racial identity. This time, though, a student raised her hand. And said... It's really unfair that things like the Holocaust come up and people talk about it all the time because that's about white people and the Holocaust happened to white people versus issues of black oppression and racial identity in America don't really get talked about enough because people aren't as interested in black people's problems. And I said, I'm not discounting what you're saying about 
people talking about black oppression, but the Holocaust, what didn't happen to white people, it happened to Jewish people. And that's all I said. And the conversation kind of moved on. But after class, things blew up because the other Jewish students in my class were extremely hurt. But, Sarah shares, this incident didn't come out of nowhere. She'd had similar experiences leading up to it. One time, a professor was talking about how he worked at a chaplaincy program, and he was making fun of the people there, saying they're just white, privileged people who have never really worked hard in their life and can't understand the people that they work for, who are less white and privileged. And then there was another time that we had a student raise her hand in class and say that she felt like she couldn't work with one of her colleagues because this person was a Jewish person who wouldn't acknowledge her white privilege. And she, did, she felt like this person was racist and she couldn't work with her. I asked Sarah what her professor did after this third incident occurred. So she sent the Jewish students an email saying that she'd be really happy to talk to us individually to get like a picture of what our perspective was. Three or four of us had about a half an hour conversation with the professor. And she said, like, I understand that you feel that your identity isn't talked about and that when it is talked about, it's negative, and we'll see what we can do. And then there was kind of radio silence. Eventually, she kind of followed up, and she was like, I don't feel like I can do anything or say anything because um, we don't. We have to take everyone's perspectives into account, and I don't want to minimize other people's identity and other people's perspectives. Essentially implying that making room to discuss the Jewish experience would prevent other minorities from sharing their own experiences. Both Sarah's story and the Brooklyn College story skirt around the question of whether Jews are white. It's a complicated question, and one that was thrust into our public consciousness for a brief few weeks by the following Whoopi Goldberg comment. This is white people doing it to white people. Yeah. The Holocaust isn't about race. It's about man's inhumanity to man. The truth is, the question of whether Jews are white or not presents a false dichotomy. Some Jews would consider themselves white. Other Jews would say that they benefit from white privilege but aren't quite white, while others would consider all Jews non-white. And that's not even to mention Sephardi or Mizrahi Jews and Jews of color. There isn't a simple yes or no answer. But the question also masks a deeper reality. It doesn't really matter if Jews are white or not. What matters is that Jews get to decide their own identities, rather than having others decide that for them. As president of the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt, put it at a Queens College event commemorating Yom HaShoah, I don't need other people to label me and tell me what I am. Let's bring this back to CUNY. On May 13th, CUNY Law School held their commencement in the Colden Auditorium at Queens College. Graduating student Nardine Kiswani was chosen to give the day student address, and she used the platform to spout certain ideas about Israel in a problematic way. I should note that Queens College has distanced itself from this event. President Frank Wu released a statement in the monthly Diversity Dialogues email saying, quote, Queens College had no involvement in any programming or planning for this program or any other such events. The college only provides a venue and any opinions expressed do not reflect the values of Queens College. We expressly reject anti-Semitism, racism, or bigotry of any kind, end quote. Let's take a listen to some of the things Nardine said. 
I've been facing a campaign of Zionist harassment by well-funded organizations with ties to the Israeli government and military on the basis of my Palestinian identity and organizing. The chancellor decided to go on a normalizing trip to Israel with 10 plus presidents and deans of different CUNY campuses. This was after CUNY law student government passed a resolution demanding CUNY cease collaboration with Israel. You can say, these are just words. What's the big deal? But like Jonathan Greenblatt said in his Yom HaShoah speech, Words matter. And when NYPD data shows that anti-Semitic hate crimes have gone up 92% in March of 2022 from the previous year, and when on May 10th a Jewish yeshiva student was assaulted in Brooklyn in the third anti-Semitic hate crime of that week, Words matter more than ever. So while I'm sure Nardine's goal was not to harm Jews with her speech, using the anti-Semitic trope of the miserly Jew to describe the Zionist organizations she says are harassing her is ultimately harmful to Jews. Remember the attack on the yeshiva student I just mentioned? One of his attackers yelled free Palestine during the assault. Now, Nardine is by no means responsible for the attack, but it goes to show that anti-Zionist rhetoric is being leveraged to actually harm Jews physically. Now, this is not about whether or not you agree with what the Israeli government does. You can disagree with and even criticize the Israeli government without harming Jews. You can be for Palestinian rights. You can be for a, a, a Palestinian state that doesn't compel you to denigrate and demonize Jews. And here's another thing. When people feel comfortable attacking Jews, it isn't too long before they feel comfortable attacking others. Although this by no means should imply that this is the only reason we should care about anti-Semitism. This was especially clear when, earlier this year, anti-Semitic and racist graffiti was found in Queens College. Someone had scrawled a swastika with the slogan KKK Lives in Delany Hall, the building that houses the Sikh program, the Africana Studies Department, and the Center for Ethnic, Racial, and Religious Understanding. In the words of Queens College President Frank Wu, The conjunction of the swastika with the reference to a white supremacist group means that more than one community felt directly threatened. So yes, I am disturbed. Anti-Semitism is on the rise, and so it seems is a determination to ignore it. The good news, though, is something I heard echoed by Tamar Hoke my friend Sarah, and Jonathan Greenblatt alike. I really think if there was an emphasis on anti-Semitism prevention and when something does happen that's anti-Semitic, there was a lot of attention paid to it. Probably the first step would be just as much as possible to make our voices heard in terms of who we are and not let ourselves be shut down. We've got to speak out swiftly and strongly when hate happens. The solution is easy. We need to stop ignoring anti-Semitism when it happens and encourage education and understanding of the Jewish experience. That's what Tamar did with her excellent reporting on the Brooklyn College story, and that's what I'm hoping to do with this podcast episode too. Thank you for joining me on this journey. You have been listening to QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queens College. We are on Twitter at QC Pod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org/qcpod. 
Our producers are Jonathan Leon and Holden Valesco. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansburg of the Might Be Giants. I'm Nev Yakubov. Thanks for listening.